Welcome to Monster Mash! For as long as 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons has been around, many a monster has come into contact with adventure. Adventurers have emerged victorious more often than not, but that isn't always the case. We're here to find out what monsters is the deadliest. The three of us have each picked monsters from all available content, plus some special extras from time to time, that we will place head to head to head each episode to find out who stands on top of the pile. These three monsters will be judged on tactics, terrain, fear factor, and their creature features. The thing that makes it a unique and threatening encounter. Ultimately, the only thing that will matter is who comes out on top of the pile in our specially designed arena. Welcome to Monster Mash, the very first episode. This episode's theme is water monsters, so it's those monsters for your seafaring campaign, whether it be deep underwater or... Pirates on the open seas, possibly even Vikings. My name is Jack Blythe, and the monster I have brought is the Storm Giant. I am Bewitched Gamer, and I brought the Wastrelith. My name is Dyson Autism, and I brought the Sea Hag. So, who would like to start us off? Tell us about their monster. Edward! Alright. <laughs> okay, so... The Sea Hag. All right, even though it is a very amphibious creature that can breathe underwater, it is also... A fey creature, so uh, it's got a nice little bonus of chaotic sea and all that jazz. But yes, yes. Uh, Stats-wise, it's, it's pretty all right. It's got like a plus three to strength, plus one to dex, plus three to con, plus one intelligence, plus one to wisdom, and plus one in charisma. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Also, fey's are often shapeshifters and tricksters, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it has. Abilities that lets them kind of like use their appearance to either be transformed to something else or terrify somebody with their very scary appearance, like horrific appearance. So that would be their creature feature then, huh? Yes, that would be their creature feature. Oh, and um, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm I'm verifying our information here. And where would we we find uh you know the hag is specifically the sea hag? What what? compendium or book will we find this in uh you would find these in the basic monster manual okay yeah hags are one of my favorite monsters because they are so so cool and they can be so terrifying when you have three of them together because you get the covenant and glorious hag coven that just like boosts their stuff oh of course so you're saying they typically will fight together so that's was what kind of tactics is this thing uh it is using i am going to manipulate everybody and uh just blind them up and just so they can just like strike them down in their fear okay so split them up make them fight each other pretty much okay that's right. interesting so where am i going to find one as an adventurer is this like every town has its hag or well you where, where where's it going to be living it's going to be living in kind of like the coastal area sometimes underwater and everything so if you're going to have like a little bit of like a triton s like village you're going to be visiting they're probably like terrorizing that poor place gotcha tricking mermaids into giving them have legs that yes don't hurt us so Ursula. <laughs> yes. Please don't sue us, Disney. <laughs> they can't. They don't own the rights to it overall. Hey. I believe hmm. I believe the Little Mermaid is uh outside of or is in public domain. I could be wrong. Really? Hmm. <laughs> I mean it's Hans Christiansen. It's that that is also true. I'm pretty sure Forever old. A lot of crons Okay. Well <laughs> Christian Anderson stuff was in public domain, so uh yee. Okay, so 
based off the stats and everything and the tactics, uh, did we we wanted to rate the tactics a one through five on that, and yes. then we'll move on to rating those terrain. Um, overall, I definitely be if you're like a level five party, I think it would be that the tactics of it are definitely terrifying because they can you know that they shape shift and cross away your worst fear or um the and i know uh, from doing my research here for what i'm seeing is that the sea hag in specific if it sees anything that is beautiful for example a mermaid um then it will want to turn it into something ugly yep so you know it, it has a specific like disdain for all things good and I think that that would give it. I honestly probably a four out there for the the tactics of it because it, it's definitely going to try to catch you off guard and use trickery on you. Yeah, I'd pretend, I'm. I'd give it a five because even a higher level party, if they're if you're going up with a hag and it's it's catching you by surprise, like they're going to split you up. Which I mean, rule number one: never split the party mm-hmm. of you know rules that we all blatantly ignore. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, they're going to split you up. They're going to break you when you didn't want to be. They're going to turn you on, especially if it's going to shapeshift you into something ugly. Ah, oh, you're a goblin now. And the dwarf just mugs the goblin that it sees. You know, it could potentially be a five if it catches you, catches you guard. So you definitely would be leaving some brown bricks on the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. More like greasy stains because we're talking tactic. <laughs> oh, well, you know. It, uh, it contributes, I think. That's something to consider. So, but the train itself, um, obviously, Dice, you thought it was going to be a five. Can it go on land? Uh, yes. Yes, it can. Ooh, that changes things a little it bit. It can breathe air and water, so uh, it's not so, limited. So you could, uh, you could potentially be running some sort of uh, Cersei sort of story, show up on the island being run by a sea hag and... Oh, that, that's actually an interesting campaign. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Sea <laughs> hag, Cersei. Okay. It's, you could potentially have some real fun with that. Oh, yeah. In a seafaring campaign. Yeah. Overall, uh, there's a lot of life to sea, like, sea campaigns, though. There, There's land, because you get a lot of variety from it. Land and water. There's different... Joey uh, had mentioned, like, the wind elements and everything into it as well. So... There's a lot you can do with campaigns like this, but I, you know, I, I'm going to give you a five because the fact that it can go on land and water, it's not limited to that is such a huge boon. Mm-hmm. For sure. I would agree. Five. It gives you that variety of life where you'd find it could be just about anywhere in this campaign. Mm-hmm. Washing ashore, destroying your ship crew or whatever could be some really fun mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So fear factor, we already kind of talked about that a little bit um i would say especially early uh they're gonna be scary oh showing up like illusion especially early game illusion is a real big worry and then it's a like once you figure out what it is like oh shit what even do about that Mm -hmm. yeah that like so it's specifically just like illusion itself the spell or is it like it or is it just like it the innate thing that they can do just actually physically shaping their face to something they, like i don't know a doppelganger can they can pretty much uh just like cover herself in anything that she's wearing and make her look like an ugly creature of general any size or shape or anything 
and the they okay. have to like roll an investigation check of DC 16. So that's going to be a high investigation ch check for lower campaigns and stuff. Oh, uh, definitely. Okay. So with that knowledge in mind, um, with depending on who you have, because uh, investigation, I believe, is a intelligence. Uh, I can't recall. Yeah, I think wisdom, it's a wisdom think. actually. It's intelligence. Wisdom actually. It's intelligence. Oh, oh okay. Yes. Haha! -ha, I was right. <laughs> I, I, I run enough Dungeons and Dragons games, so <laughs> that checks out my. <laughs> D&D resume. Um, okay, so typically the it would be someone like the wizard that would be identifying it, or um, if you're dump statting as a ranger, not that for intelligence or book smarts, or you could do cleric. I think maybe if you're doing like a, a cleric of knowledge or a, a lore cleric, that's what it is. Yeah, or lore I don't know, something like that. Oh, thank you for correcting me. Don't kill me, everybody, please. I beg <laughs> you. I'm, I'm, I'm going a thousand miles a minute here. Um, <laughs> so overall, you could definitely get through. It is a considered a medium to difficult check if you're looking at it from like an easy, really easy check is a 10. And then a somewhat easy check is a 13. And then jumping up to like 15 is medium. And then a... 16 is medium to difficult because that one point always makes a difference in the dcs i don't oh, know absolutely. why mm -hmm. but it does no matter how many points you pour into for your like your your stats for that modifier the dice will find a way to screw you over much like our own the, dice right here that is true <laughs> <laughs> well I let's can, see because we'll, we'll get to the arena we'll find out um but so overall you don't it would be very scary for a low-level party, like O5, you know, it, that they've seen some kind of illusion magic, but probably not to this extent. So I would give it actually, you know, a five. I think I'd give it a four, uh, mostly just going off of the, like, the main usage that I would foresee of that shape-shifting is like, oh, look, it's a shambling mound. This should be no problem. We know how to face this. And then it's casting magic at you. Uh, doing oh, things true. that shambling mounds absolutely should not be able to do uh, because it's catching you by surprise. It's that surprise fear uh, jump scare that mm -hmm. I think like once once it uses it, it's it's over unless it has some ability to like start messing with other people. But that initial fear, it's like, oh, OK, it's a hag or mm -hmm. some sort of magic thing. Okay. So I, th I think I'd hit it with a four. OK. So lastly, we've driven this home. I think the <laughs> its creature feature is is it, it's, it does it just have this one creature feature or does it have multiple? Uh, it only has uh that one uh, creature feature right there. Okay, uh, great. That shape shifting. That's shape shifting is always really good and really good for setting up unexpected pains. Yeah. Even surprise attacks, like the if anything, you could be a really mean dungeon master, and you could run the sea hag with the party, pretending to be good, so that way it can get its specific target of like somebody that has done it wrong. Yay! Because these are vengeful creatures. Oh, definitely, very true. So, if anything, like in the night when the party is resting, you come sneak like the you are like. That player is the only one that's awake, and the the hag, the, their friend, comes sneaking up to them, and then from there 
you can like it, it sits next to it and then it's like oh they're there you know we'll we'll get to find and find this person that's causing havoc when really it's the sea hag and it goes stab 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you it. never know it's a surprise attack it's a great way to like role play the surprise attack running it old school Gollum and Samwise way of the whole party's like oh yes this our friend Jeneth who hangs out with us and is a lovely pretty lady um and then there's the one guy who keeps waking up in the night to there is no me but my granny said <laughs> and like fully knows has seen it and no one believes it <laughs> Love it. And then like, it, it turns around and be like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. We shall get on our face. Yeah, we'll get him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you can, there's a lot that can be done with that, with the surprise okay. attack and stories and everything. Like, it's a good creature feature to have. I have to give it a five. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, it, depending on how you are, we play it. It, it can be, a, it's a powerful tool overall. And I think we're all agreeing in terms of that it would be a five. And of course, Dice, we're, Jack and I are over here just beating it to death. Yeah, yeah, So, <laughs> but that's we'll the see point if we of actually us. do beat it to death. <laughs> that's all the right. point of us, is to beat uh, it to death while we talk about it. And hope it gives yeah. us an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so overall for the the math gods are working on that right now. So it looks to be an 18. Mm, dang. All right, I'll take that. That's pretty good. I mean, we, you got a fairly high rating overall because... Uh, it's a good just monster. Starting off, it is. Yeah. It's a very good monster. Yeah. It's a common monster, too. Like, do you think it's actually, in some ways, if people don't think about it, it, you know, it can be sorely missed in a campaign. Oh, yeah. Brought so, a little hidden gem. Good monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cute, but it does the job. <laughs> it doesn't want to be cute. It wants to be nasty. It, we'll it work hates up, cute. We'll get a cute episode in later. <laughs> okay. Now, um, my, for my monster, it's called the Wastruth. Okay. Now, um, this is found in the Beastary, Chapter 6, page 139. Just that way you guys have that little information and tidbit for you for the people that are wanting to go ahead and pull it up in their books and whatnot. Um, now, the B-Series is typically something that was normally found in 3.5, I believe. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're talking about 5th edition here. Just putting Where's that out there. Fifth edition? That's All the I could question. find well, from online is... It just said Bestiary, chapter six, page 139. Okay. So that's as, as specific as I could get. <laughs> um, so the Wastroth is a um, amphibious creature, so it can breathe air and water, mm. just so you know. And it is considered uh, part of the lower planes of the watery depths. So this is something that you can possibly see. It, it, it looks kind of like a demon, but not. So it's got like... Hooks for hands, mm. you know, uh, and then a fish face okay. with teeth, Ooh. like a like a barracuda, maybe. I think that would be the best thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like it, purple. Kind of looks like. Yeah, um, it does not have any legs, so it, it's kind of like it's like a half serpent, half fish, but also it's got hooks for hands. I don't know. It's it's a little weird. Mm -hmm. um, but to give it the official description here, they are horrendous creatures with jaws full of needle-sharp teeth. Their bulging eyes give them the appearance of a leering fish with humanoid torsos. Ooh. Yeah. 
Um, so to start off with its stats here, let's go to their character sheet. Um, the strength is a overall 19, giving it a modifier of plus four. Mm-hmm. The dexterity is an 18, another plus four for its modifier. Its constitution is a 21. Oh! Yeah, giving a plus five. Its intelligence is also a 19, so it's a plus four for that mod- uh, for the uh, modifier. And then its wisdom is a 12, so giving it a plus one. And its charisma is a plus two. Its armor class is 18, and the hit points are 157. If you're just going with the plain standard stats for it, and it can move 30 feet and then swim 80 feet. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Uh, just- it's also got a few other, you know, stuff going on with it though too if you would so do inquire naturally naturally uh just to avoid the flame afterwards for 5e you can find it in mordenkainen's tome of foes on page 139 thank you jack appreciate that um i will update my notes in this here so my previous research did not pan out as well as i could hope but hey what, i i had a background of 3.5 originally and then moving into fifth edition has always been kind of weird you're That's good totally valid yeah yeah so um this does come with a few resistances and immunities i do want to put this out this is very important um the resistances are cold fire lightning and bludgeoning piercing and slashing from non-magical attacks it does have a damage immunity to poison and also has conditioned immunities of course obviously to poison um this does have dark vision and a pass of um 120 with a passive perception of 11 it has the it knows the language uh, abyssal and it can do telepathy up to 120 feet and this is a challenge rating talking your head Absolutely. So it's got a challenge rating of 13. So it's good. If you have people who are looking to give it XP, it it would be like 10K. 10K for XP. Um, This also has magical resistance, too, and multi attack. Mm. So it's just, it's it's basically just resistant to yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so with that, typically their tactics uh, in terms of combat would be a bite slash or, or with like a bite with their, their mouth, obviously. And then um, they have claws, but they also can pull you under, hmm. which is terrifying. Not only this, uh, so, but I, I'm actually going to save those for the creature feature here. Um, so... But also, its terrain is water and land, but mostly it's going to stay in the water. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're swimming, you know, trying to get to land after your ship drift, and then the, you think the worst is over, oh no, you are dead wrong, and dead probably in the literal sense very soon. Naturally. <laughs> so um, then we have the fear factor coming into it because of these abilities it has it the like the magic resistance and the other damage resistances it's able to just like sneak up on you and it's smart it's it's a hunter basically um that means that it's going to find you get in your head talk to you in some weird language it doesn't say that it knows common so it's gonna like talk in a like a demon's language 
which is a vessel. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going to gonna be like reality of that sort of situation. Having a stroke? <laughs> like you Think about it. You just got you attacked or language, you're like your ship. If, if you at least don't know the language at all, like any of the like offshoots to kind of function with the language, you just like sitting on your boat and you just hear, Oh, God. was happening? Yeah, that would be terrifying. <laughs> you never know. like, Or if somebody does know Abyssal, I imagine a tiefling might, if you're a tiefling. Yeah, I mean, there, um, are, there are ways to know Abyssal. I'm just thinking, like, your first thought, if you don't know Abyssal, is like, am I having a stroke? What is happening? <laughs> you could also just think you're hearing voices and you're going insane, <laughs> which is also a really cool idea of how to play that. For sure. But that's entirely up to the player force you know um you, you start a way that because it's a hunter it has patience and it will take time to stalk you and then it'll uh, it would take its moment to like pull you under so if you get into like a shipwreck or something like that you never know it might be there who knows mm, so true. that's kind of spooky and Tactics. it's got like hooks for hands i mean <laughs> that yoink you and pull you down <laughs> and the hook was on the card Okay, so um, I guess uh, moving on to this tre- creature features here, it's got three in total. First one is called Undertow. As a bonus action, when the Rachelith is underwater, it could cause all the water within 60 feet of it to be ter- difficult terrain for other creatures until the start of its next turn. Next thing is a, um, it's, it's also an attack, so keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Grasping Spout. It does acid damage so of course it does (laughs) yeah because it's immune to poison and all of that but it doesn't say it's immune to acid so poison and acid are different just keep that in mind dms um the wastroth magically launches a spout of water at one creature it can see within 60 feet of it the target must make a dc 17 strength saving throw if it fails it it has disadvantage if it's underwater on a failed save, it takes 22 or 48 plus 4 acid damage and is pulled up to 60 feet towards the waste rolleth. On a successful fa- save, it takes half as much damage and isn't pulled. Hmm. That's insane. That, that is pretty. In itself. A potentially ludicrous amount. I'm not done. And it pulls Here, Here's the last <laughs> one. Is that it's able to corrupt the water. So at the start of each of the waste rolleth's turns... Exposed water within 30 feet of it is befouled. Underwater, this effect lightly obscures the area with the current uh, until a current clears it away. Water in containers remains corrupted until it evaporates. A creature that consumes this foul water or swims in it must make a DC 18 constitution saving throw. On a successful save, the creature is immune to the foul water for 24 hours. On a failed saving throw, the creature takes 14 or 46 poison damage and is poisoned for one minute. That is typically 10 rounds in D&D combat. Oh, wow. Uh. At the end of this time, the poison creature must repeat the saving throw. On a failure, the creature takes 18, 48 poison damage and is poisoned until it finishes a long rest. If another demon drinks the foul water as an action, it gains... 11 or 2d10 temporary hit points oh boy <laughs> so if you are a demon it's fine if you're anything else you're totally screwed i'm now a party of tieflings that are just like <laughs> <"Neat."> <laughs> <Yeah. Kool-Aid."> 
it's terrible tasting Kool-Aid. They've got, yes, like demonic heritage, but they're not considered demons, are they? Uh, I think that's up to DM Fiat. Okay, so that would be at least something that's what I that would you. Say. Yeah, uh, that would be something, players, if you're listening, um, then it would be something you have to discuss with your DM. Of course, you don't probably do you know that your dungeon master is going to be throwing this at you, to be fair. Just forewarning, doing your research is very important. Mm. Not meaning that you can metagame, but just knowing about other creatures would be nice. If, you, if it's something for your character to know about monsters, definitely pull into this. It's worth the, the research. It's definitely, like, I, I think this is an okay amount of de- uh, metagaming uh, here in this mm-hmm. case, because, like, okay, I know that demons get healed from this. Hey, DM, I'm a tiefling. Do I count as a demon? Like, you're not mm-hmm. you're not pulling out a card to, like, fight against the DM. It's just a thing of, like, hey, does this count in your world? Like, I know that this mm-hmm. is a thing. And I mean, if the DM says no, you go like, okay, that's chill. And you just go with that. You go with what the DM says. Mm. But I I think that's an okay level of metagame is knowing that because otherwise you're just asking the DM to have everything in mind and keep all of it accounted. Yeah. Um, Something that did come across my mind is that there, you know, if you, if the person, if the player asks if they can do a knowledge do you think it would be nature, religion, or what was the other one I can't think of? No, nature or religion, I think that would be good. I think it would to, depend on to... the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, if the cleric asks, like, I'm more than likely going to have him have the cleric roll religion, because it would make more sense that this knowledge would come from that. If the ranger mm-hmm. asks, I'm more than likely going to have them roll nature, because, again, that's where that knowledge would come from. Yep. It's totally definitely one of those that, like, both of them could roll, and they'd roll different things because they're just different, have different experiences. Mm-hmm. And then they would get the same information, maybe with different flavor. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, going up to tactics, what do you guys think on a 1 to 5? Tactics-wise, it doesn't seem like he's got a whole lot in terms of it's the, he shows up, he attacks. Like, there are, there's some sneak attack elements to it, but... I don't think there's very much that sets it very far from other sneak attack things that you would see. Okay, we're doing thinking of it like we're doing a pirate campaign. Mm. Most things are going to sneak up from underneath you (laughs) and attack. That's like a shark is going to do it pretty much the same way. Minus the telepathy making someone thinking they're having a stroke. I'd say a Thea 4. Just not. What's your final ruling? I'll give it a four, not quite a five. Okay, understandable. I would definitely give it a four because it is a sneaky boy and having this <laughs> in like uh, like a piratey-esque campaign where you're just kind of like whipping by and everything and just having this thing just like appear out of nowhere and just like drag it down, that is terrifying. That is like Jaws levels of like scary. Okay, understandable. And what do you guys think about the terrain and where it like it's able to go? Hmm. Um, I mean, while it is amphibious, it's not going to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> the majority of what it's got going for it depends pretty heavily on it being in water. Like, 80 feet of swim move. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, that, its terrain is definitely in the water. I think, I think it gets a five because while yes its terrain is absolutely in the water it's there 
it can follow you don't have that <laughs> you don't have that option of like oh no we're losing well we'll just get on land it has multiple things to keep that from being easy to get away from it and get back onto land and then if you did get on land it can go actually and just follow you out um it can't hit you as hard or like move around quite as well but it can definitely get up to you so i think it's a it has a favored terrain but it's not tied to it okay i think that i give that a five and dice what about you man uh see i would probably give it a four because it is very much kind of like it can go both on land and sea but it's primarily focused on like uh sea and everything so um having it in a place to where it's like if you just kind of like have it where it's like no like land what i mean no water or anything it's not gonna be super effective and still kind of terrifying but as soon as it's like in the water factor absolutely terrifying and stuff okay um what about it's a uh, fear factor i mean this thing is spooky like not only that it's ugly it is ugly <laughs> You go up fighting a barracuda that also has a snake attached to it with hook hands for some reason. Um, And it moves at 80 feet a turn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. That's not even dashing. I got to do some math. It's too... I need to know it's (laughs) miles per hour. I need to know because it's so fast. (laughs) Like 80 feet is so fast. I'm doing math. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Oh boy. So what, six, are, what are we going to get here, times Jack? Times 10. That's 800 feet uh-huh. in a minute. Uh-huh. So, so 800 feet oh in 10 rounds. God. Oh in my god. In 10 rounds, Lord. that's 800 feet. That's eight, 800 feet per minute. <laughs> if we times that by, or no, multiply that by 60. 48,000 feet oh per hour. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That's almost but a also, month. Wait, how long is a month? It can basically get across, like, their, our specially designed arena. And one move. Yeah, it certainly can. <laughs> Just pointing that out here when we get into it. How many feet are in a month? Uh, <laughs> 5,000. Uh, it's, I, I know it starts with a five. Point is, it's fast. Yes. 5,280 <laughs> feet. There it is. <laughs> it's stupid fast. This thing moves at nine miles an hour. Or wait, yeah, nine miles an hour. That's insane. So that would be a hundred rounds in combat oh my god <laughs> just for people that aren't sure <laughs> for pe- just, um, just for people out there i'm more afraid of how fast this thing moves <laughs> than anything like it's a scary looking thing and it's moving quickly like it is probably going to catch up with your boat that is terrifying that's a five yeah, yeah, yeah. okay great and yours is also a five there dice for that rating oh definitely a five okay all right very fair and so for its creature feature, I do have to knock it down just a little bit due to how much its creature features depend on it being in its favor. Like once you get it, once you get it out of that terrain, like at least one of its features is null. It can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I give it a, I'd say a, th- a four. I'll give it a four. A four? It's, it, like the, the uh, grasping spout can be done pretty much everywhere. And that's a pretty good one. Being able to pull it. 60 toward you yeah like that's that's a pretty good one he's gone fishing that's what yeah, he's going fishing <laughs> and i mean if you if you're trying to run back up on land and uh this guy has decided that actually the wizard isn't gonna do that um he could probably just sit 
just outside of the shore and be like, come back <laughs> and reel you back. Get in. over so, here. <laughs> I mean, it's it's losing out because a lot of its feature is being in water, but it still does have that ability to kind of keep the water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll give you a four. And Dice, what, what is your ruling? Uh, I give this thing a five. It is absolutely terrifying. Okay, no problem. So, all right. And the math gods are doing some calculations. Coming out to another 18. Hey. All right. That's pretty good. I mean, we we brought pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all, it's all mean so. and all ugly in some way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except for mine, because mine are beautiful. <laughs> And, and what did you bring exactly again, Jack? Remind I us. I brought the storm giant. <sighs> 26 feet high, massing out at 15,000 pounds, looking like a giant majestic blue Viking man. The storm giant. Okay. We've had adventures focusing heavily on them, known as the Uvaryotanen in their own language. Because of course they have a language that we know kind of how to speak. They're intelligent. They are the leaders of the giants. They have been ordained by their god as the leader of the giants. They typically had either pale light green skin and dark green hair and eyes, or a smaller number had violet skin with dark blue hair and silver eyes, but they're almost always depicted as like a weird grayish blue in most 5e stuff. You'll find them, their first stat block, in the monster manual on page 15056. Very cool. Mm. They're just gorgeous suckers. Huge and majestic looking, <laughs> in all honesty. But, I mean, the 26 feet tall is probably pretty scary. <laughs> Depends on how, like, how you play it off, though, too. Like, off to the distance, a storm gathers, and then lightning strikes a tall figure in the clouds. You're not sure if it's your imagination or if there's something really there. A few moments later, the spear landing right next to your ship tells you, yep, definitely something there. <laughs> yeah. These things have a strength of 29, giving them a plus 9, a dex of 14, giving them a plus 2, a constitution of 20, giving them a plus 5, insti- er, institution, intelligence, <laughs> for me that rating isn't very high, clearly, of 16, giving them a plus 3, a wisdom of 18, giving them a plus 4, and a charisma of 18, giving them a plus 4. All around, very high stats. They have a challenge rating of 13 with a 10,000 Okay. They They are immune to lightning and thunder damage, resistant to cold damage. They're highly intelligent creatures in terms of the monsters that you're fighting. So there's a possibility that you could talk them down. You should probably hope to talk them down because they have a great sword. And a thing to know about swords. This is uh, history facts with Jack. Uh, (laughs) Swords... No, distinction between swords is very vague. Uh, Like in German, the word for sword is knife because it became illegal for peasants to own swords. So they just made knives. (laughs) They're sword sized, but they're knives. (laughs) Now, also, I'd like to... So when I say he has a great sword, it's a great sword for a 26 foot tall person. That's pretty badass. Uh, also with swords is that um, German, they have a, a specific sword card called a Zweihander, which just literally tw- tw- you know, translates to two-handed weapon. <laughs> just, yep. Yeah. You know, for- sword distinction is very vague and is typically based on the size in comparison to the wielder. Mm-hmm. So when they call Sting a sword, 
in Lord of the Rings, it's a sword because hobbits are like three feet tall. Yeah. To anyone else, it's a dagger. Maybe even a knife for some people. Or a toothpick. I mean, yeah, for like a troll. But yeah, so when I say great sword, it's a great sword for a 26 foot tall person. Mm -hmm. It's huge. So I would want to talk them down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd say so. They can also throw rocks. Big ones. Like 60 to 240 feet. They can throw rocks. Oh, yeah. So Storm Giant, go smash. Uh, Storm Giant, go smash. Big time. Plus, they can use magic. Oh, boy. Ah, God, I forgot about that. (laughs) Like, this is a big boy. This is a harsh boy. (laughs) No, what kind of magic can they use? Or is that going to be a part of their creature Uh, feature? Typically, their innate spell casting that they have, they have detect magic, levitate, and light at will. Okay. And they can cast control weather once a day and water breathing once a day. Oh, okay. So while they have a walking and swimming speed of feet, they can also just breathe underwater for 24 hours if they feel like it. <laughs> so they're amphibious as well, just because... Yes, it's they're, they're effectively amphibious, considering water breathing is a 24-hour spell and they can cast it once a day, so... Yeah. Okay, very cool. What else you got for us, Jack? So... Tactics-wise, they're generally going to be a bit more standoffish in uh, combat. They have a high affinity for spellcasting, and they would typically—they typically kind of try to do the like stand there, like away, <laughs> big, like look big, look scary, hope you go away. And then when you don't, like it goes bad for you because they start hitting you with a great sword with a multi-attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think uh, they're go ahead. Sorry. a far more political, they're a far more political being. So they're going to, again, try to talk it out with, and then swiftly not talk it out with you more. All right. So clearly, obviously it's going to be a five for you for that part. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. And, you know, I, I, I give it that because big, scary, mean, you know, to, just to. Their tactic is to deter. Yeah. So it, none shall pass. So. And what do you think, uh, Dice, on that, that tactic there? Uh, uh, I gotta get him a five. Okay. This giant thing can, like, float and, like, breathe underwater, and it can, like, toss things. God damn. Right. That is just terrifying. He hasn't even gone through everything yet, but, you know. <laughs> I, haven't even hit the, I haven't even hit the creature feature. Oh, God. But, I mean, you did touch on the terrain, though, too, a little bit. For sure. So, I mean, his terrain is mostly out in the depths, because, I mean... It's kind of the thought of Poseidon. What's shallow to you is different to different to him. <laughs> he could literally rise from the Mariana Trench and be like, I live. <laughs> <laughs> he could tip your ship, the, the scooter you have. There it goes! Bye-bye! <laughs> Definitely. And he might be doing it by accident, in all honesty. Well, um, don't people often, in terms of just, like, lore, make tributes to storm giants to, to, for safe travel? Oh, for sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, you want to make sure that storm doesn't hit you. Yeah. And since they are the lords of the storm. Yeah, because control weather and whatnot. Ask them really nicely. All right. <laughs> That's pretty good. Considering safe travel is special on a ship, and we all know back in the day, ship travel was a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, what do you got for uh, the that rating dice? Uh, I would probably give it a four. Four? Okay. I get you. I understand. Yeah. And then, I mean, go ahead, Jack. Consider, uh, 
to argue that for, considering this guy can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't have to be in the ocean. That's where their capital city is, but he can come up on shore and destroy your city for fun. Definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that fear factor, I mean, think about it. The imagery that you have in your head for Odin, now make it look as if Odin is, like, normal person-sized, but he's also definitely a few miles off. <laughs> That's insane. That's pretty funny. This thing is, like, how tall is the Statue of Liberty? Well, I, fairly tall. And I think it's about the same size. Now you gotta do fact check. 305 feet. Okay. I, my god. So, it, so the Statue of Liberty is three, 305 feet. He's, like... Not that high. Uh, he's 26. I mean, that's still, like, your house. Mm-hmm. Or at least, most like, an apartment houses. building. <laughs> yeah, like, most people's houses, wherever you live, he's he's probably going to be able to look into your upstairs bedroom. <laughs> and he's probably going to be stooping. Okay. <laughs> and it's just this giant Viking rising out of the water and then throwing a lightning bolt at you. It's goddamn Luffy. Because <laughs> there's your there's your there's your creature feature. This guy can has a lightning strike. He can hurl a magical lightning bolt at a point it can see within five hundred feet of it. Oh, God. Everyone within ten feet of that sp- of that point makes a DC seventeen dexterity saving throw, or takes twelve D eight lightning damage on a failed save. Half as much on a success. Okay. So just big guy comes out of the water and it's like lightning. <laughs> No, no, there's not a lot of things that are immune to lightning, as far as I'm aware. Correct? I can only really think of blue dragons. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, overall, like, that creature feature is pretty good in terms of combat. And then if you're in water, water lightning, they, they mix pretty well in terms of, you know, spreading the damage around. If, if you want to oh, put some sure. flavor into it for your combat and... As for a, sure. I mean, DM, DM Fiat and all. Overall, it just gives you that 10th radius. Mm-hmm. Although I, I do think that, like, there could be, if you put more flavor on it, sure, it could be good. Uh, although we've seen lightning before, you know, mm-hmm. it's not something that's completely unique, but, it, you know, it, it does the job. So I'd, I'd give well, it a not, four. I'd say it's not. It's not completely unique. However, being able to con- being able to tell the lightning where it goes. Mm hmm. That's pretty unique, if you ask me. And on top of being able to control weather. Now, the weather part, that, that's... five miles. <laughs> that part's a little spooky. So I, that would be a part of the fear factor. But um, you can still reason with this giant. It's not like a hill giant that will be like, ooga booga, smash. <laughs> so, that's true. Um, that, so I would give, for the fear factor part, you know, four. And then also the creature feature being a four as well. All right. All right. And what about you, Dice, for those two? Uh, Fear Factor, I'm giving this thing a five because it's a giant thing. You're telling me if you're like a level five to like ten and you see this giant, you're like, oh, it's a typical giant. We're going to fight it and just starts throwing like lightning and stuff. That is terrifying. That would just make me think like, oh, no, we're 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 going to die. We we're we're, we're going to die and everything. It's it's just going to be bad. Okay. So, fear fact. Likely the weather's also being shifted around at its beck and call. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And can you know, considering it, if you do decide to mess around and find out, it's got two hundred and thirty hit points. That's yeah. crazy. It's, 
That's just nutty. It definitely depends on its hit points over its armor. Because mm-hmm. 16 isn't that high. No. Especially for a CR 13 monster. That's not that high. But oh no, you hit me. <laughs> yeah, it's the... It's going to take a while. Because uh, on hit, it does, for the greatsword, at least, it does 66. So six, six die, sided dice, y'all. If you didn't under- hear me or understand me on that one. Slashing damage. <laughs> It's got a reach of can, 10 feet. Yeah, it does. And it a plus 14 to hit. Like, it's probably going to hit you. Yeah. Probably. And that's not mentioning the lightning strike and the rock itself, right? Yeah, if it if it needs to, it can just chuck a rock. For a uh, middle, uh, for an average damage of 35, just hucks a rocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably going to be closer to a boulder as well, considering how big this thing is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, your ship's doomed. Uh, <laughs> what were much. we looking at for the lightning damage and, like, its DC, if any? Uh, DC dexterity save of 17, uh, 54 average damage, 12 D8, uh, lightning on a failed or half as much. Ooh! Dang! Okay. So he's gonna hit hard. <laughs> yeah. And he can take a lot of hits, so. It, it'll take probably, I'd say, if you have two heavy hitters in your party if you're going with the average party size of being four um it'll probably take you maybe 10 rounds at most i think if they're consistently hitting their 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 hits of course if they're consistently hitting i think 10 rounds sounds about right and hopefully the giant isn't consistently hitting (laughs) (laughs) true that is very true because the first thing the giant's probably gonna aim for is either your cleric or your fighter (laughs) yeah Because these are intelligent, wise creatures. They are probably, like, older than probably an elf, I'd say. Because, is, is that right, Jack? See anything that gives me an average lifespan. Oh, average lifespan is 600 years. Oh! So elf, elf will last twice as long as Oh, elf. okay. Well then. Thereabouts. Typically elves are 1,000 or so. Okay. Very cool. So, what what would the... Uh, I, I already gave my rating of uh, for the creature feature of being four. What about you, Dice? Mm, I'm giving it a four as well. Okay. And Valid. so the math gods are doing some quick math over here. Jack, it looks like the average for the math gods presented is a 20 for you. So you'll hey. be going first. Um, although Dice and I have to decide, like, figure out our um, dexterity tie here so let's take a look yeah, yeah. my wastrelith has a dex of plus four, so and uh, that means i've got you I, beat i would just go off of the number yeah <laughs> so i will be going next after jack and then the the dice will be going after me on that so we'll go be heading on over into the turn order here in a moment go ahead and start dragging our tokens y'all onto the map as transition hi everyone jack blythe here i'm willing to bet that scoring your D campaign is difficult getting it to meet the feeling of your world the vibe of your party it can be a nightmare if only there was a way to get it all custom made surprise obp musical commissions is here to save your butt on that front Whether you're the DM who wants to show off and have a campaign theme song, the bard who wants an awesome underscore for your spells, or you want to have songs sung of your party's greatness, OBP has you covered, and we have you covered as well. If you use code LONGEARS at checkout, you'll get 15% off your commission, so why not have a voice from a real musical sing your praises? 
opmusical.com slash commission and use discount code LONGEARS. That's L-O-N-G-E-A-R-S for 15% off. The arena opens up. Ashore, a recent shipwreck. The Wastrilith and the hags on either side with the storm giant in the center. Storm giant decides to take the Wastrilith as its fight this time and begins fighting. The Wastrilith creates a murky, poisonous water harming the storm giant, but not enough to take him down. The giant leaves the area, and the fight begins in earnest. Everything, spells are flying, water spouts are throwing out. A mild and very short-lived truce is dictated between this giant and the hags, as the Wastrelith is put under a sleep, tied up and hung from the mast as they begin beating down on it. At some point, the hags decide to betray the truce and face the full wrath of the storm giant, who wastes the remaining ones with one lightning strike. At that, he turns to the wastrelith hanging from the mast and slits its throat, blood and gore dripping into the waters below, attracting the sharks. And the storm giant emerges victorious. So that is the very first episode, Water Monsters, with the storm giant rising out victorious, but not without a fight. That Wastrelith was a tough monster. <laughs> the oh. hags were also there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hags were there. They, they they tried their best. Do absolutely subscribe to the Patreon if you want to hear what that fight actually sounded like while we were actually fighting. You will also be able to find the video of this episode. Uh, Dyson Autism, where can we find you? Uh, you guys can find me at uh, Dyson Autism on most social media. You can also find me on the Dice and Dragon Theater Company, where I talk about D&D stuff on YouTube, and uh, also catch me on Twitch on Dice and Autism. And which gamer, where can we find you? Well, I am across, just like, as Dice said, across all social media. I have Facebook to Instagram to Twitch. I've at least, wow, words are hard today, recently been getting (laughs) into VTubing. So do check out my model and see what you guys think. And I hope you stay a spell for my streams. I'll catch you guys around. I am Jack Blythe. You can find me as Jack Joshua Blythe on TikTok. Witchcraft and D20s on Instagram. And that's about it because I'm terrible at social media. Thank you for listening and come back next time.